What's up, everybody? Uh, we are live with our Q&A show. Um, I'm uh, joined, as always, um, with, with Dr. Rogers, the, the Common Sense MD. Uh, guys, we're going to let, let people get in here. Uh, we've got a fantastic show today. Um, as you know, uh, for the people who are with us live, uh, we are taking live questions today. We've got a few that came in during the week, and then we like to interact with you guys and take live questions. We are going to go for, for about 30 minutes or so and, and try to get in as many questions as possible. Uh, Dr. Rogers, how's it going, man? Good. How you doing, man? I am wonderful. It's it's funny because we always uh, we have about two minutes uh, to catch up before we 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 go live, and I we'll just we'll just have to catch up throughout the show um, on on our days. I know you're tired, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump in here. Um, Mark, what's going on? Good to see you on YouTube. Anna, hello. Jennifer, hello. Thank you guys for for being here. Uh, if you guys are, are with us live, go ahead and say hello and, um, ask a question. If you got questions, we're, we're going to be taking those throughout the show. Um, all right, let's rock on. Motaz, what's going on, man? We got good questions. Robin, how you doing? Good to see you again, Robin. Um, all right, here we go. Um, question number one, will vitamins in ivermectin help with shedding, um, from, from being around those vaccinated? You know, there's, that's a good question. There's no double blind placebo controlled studies on something like that. You'll never see that, but you know, I, I've encouraged people of course, to beep up their vitamins. And, uh, during this COVID season, I know your immune system is what should prevent you from getting it. Or if you get it from helping you fight it off. So, I know I've doubled my vitamins, especially I've doubled my D and C for the last year. Um, I stay at 50 on the zinc and uh, I usually use about 800 of quercetin. Those are the four that I really like. Um, but and as far as ivermectin, I've been taking it for about eight months, once a week. Uh, knock on wood, it's worked real, real well. Um, but shedding of the virus, you know, if, if we get the virus, to shed the virus, you're going to have to contract COVID. Um, so there's a lot of questions about who is shedding, who isn't. When you get the vaccine, are you more likely to shed than if you don't get the vaccine and don't have COVID? And my own just observation, I think probably the reason we had a little bump in, in COVID around this region is kind of shed after the vaccine. Um, I know the vaccine did give uh, some of my patients full-blown COVID. I'm not saying don't get the vaccine. Certain people probably should get vaccinated um, because there is protection against being hospitalized with the, with the disease um, and the vaccine for certain risk groups. So I don't fault anybody for taking the vaccine and I don't fault anybody for choosing not to get the vaccine either. Um, certainly if you choose not to get it, um, you should, you know, double up on your vitamins. Certainly, um, I think ivermectin is very protective against catching it. I also think it's protective um, when you have it. I beef up the doses when you have it 
But so in that regard, probably I would think by common sense that ivermectin does probably help prevent shedding um, in itself. So consider those things and um, use your own judgment about it. Can, can um, we, we have first, a couple? We have a couple questions on shedding. Um, can you just describe what that is uh, for for people who who don't know what shedding the virus means? It just means transmission. Okay. Whether you're shedding virus, if you're contagious, that's what shedding means. And some people are, don't even have the symptoms, yet have COVID and they're shedding virus and they're infecting people. So could that happen if you know, say you get vaccinated and it it kind of puts your body in that place where you know you you might have covid or or your body's thinking it has covid are you shedding at that point yeah you certainly could be but like i said it's it's hard to say yeah you know but um certainly there's reason why this thing's so contagious um but- all right so the, so the next one here is should i take selenium to to help with shedding um so they're concerned about um shedding the virus and, and wanting something to, um, limit that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here. You know, I certainly take selenium 200 milligrams a day. Um, it's certainly one of those protective, uh, against COVID supplements, minerals, people seem to seem to do better with that. They also seem to do better with NAC, NAC, which, um, also boosts your glutathione levels, which is potent antioxidant. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really big on selenium. I think it really does help you, especially if you have autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is really common. Um, so, yeah, I do like selenium and, you know, it may help with shedding. That's one of those things that there's not going to be studies on that. But um, if you're wondering about taking it, go ahead and take it. Um, fine with it. All right, let's go to the next. Just don't, just don't take, just don't take over two hundred milligrams. That's a, that's a good dose. Not over two hundred of selenium. Okay. Right. All right, uh, man. All these, all these very difficult words are coming up over the last uh, couple of weeks. Is putting me in a in a bad moderator spot. Um, concerning diverticulitis by. by diverticulitis. Say that faster. Diverticulitis. Just it flows out of your tongue. You gotta uh, say it fast, so you can't say diverticulitis. Say diverticulitis. I, I really think I think our our listeners are are doing this on purpose now. I think it's becoming a game of you know can we can we put Ben in a spot where it's very clear he does not know what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> and, uh, okay, concerning di- diverticulitis, seeds or no seed? What is your view? Well, that means. If you have a condition called diverticulosis, which just means you have pouches in your in your colon that they look like outgrowths your from your colon, or actually stuff can get in those. And they thought for years that you should not only eat more fiber and have regular bowel movements to make sure things go through quick enough so they don't get stuck in those little pockets and then get inflamed and infected. That, that's is when diverticulosis transfers into diverticulitis, which means inflammation and then infection. Those things can also bleed. They can burst. You can end up having part of your colon taken out 
because of this condition. So for years, they thought that these little seeds could get stuck in there and get inflamed, thereby infected. Then they came out with a study a few years ago that said there was that really wasn't proven to happen. But in talking to patients um, over the years, and uh, I know both my brother and father were general surgeons, and they saw a lot of, they operate on a lot of patients with this condition, and they certainly <laughs> told you to avoid seeds, uh, eating seeds if you had this condition. So, and I have so many people that tell me that that is what precipitated. So despite the, the studies that say, nah, I still would avoid a lot of seeds um, in the berries and things like that if, if I had that condition of diverticulosis. So um, if you've had any experience with that, you do not want this to flare up. So better part of valor, try to avoid, avoid them if you can. And um, also take eat a lot of fiber, drink a lot of water. Very interesting. And, and a, a related question um, is our next one is, um, will digestion help prevent symptoms of diverticulitis? I actually treated a case of diverticulitis today. Um, some people call it uh, left-sided appendicitis because, you, you know, you're descending colons where it's more likely to occur. So instead of the right side, you hurt on the left side more. It's tender. But, you know, you can hurt throughout. Um, but the question was that will digestion. Well, you know, I like digestion, as everybody knows, because it has those six things in it that help protect uh, your gut. And even though, you know, it's not directly, it doesn't directly have an indication for that or for prevention of that, it, it comes to reason that um, anything that helps your gut micro biome um, is going to help prevent uh, constipation. A lot of theories that, that these little pockets are formed because you're constipated a lot. Hmm. And so, you're, so your colon will start growing extra tentacles. It actually looks like little octopus uh, <laughs> tentacles, uh, kind of pouches. Um, so in, indirectly, um, I think it may help prevent it because anything you can do to keep your gut flowing and that, that good bacteria established, I think would help. So in my mind, I'd say probably does. So it's certainly not going to hurt you. It's going to help everything else, like help you break down uh, dairy products, glutens, lectins, has the right amount of pre and probiotics, has digestive enzymes to help you break down fats, proteins and carbs. So, uh, take it. I certainly do. Really interesting. I take it myself. Uh, Lisa from Starbucks is here. Lisa from Starbucks. How you doing? It's great to see you. And Lisa here. from Starbucks. Lisa? I haven't seen Lisa in a while from Starbucks. Lisa from Starbucks. She's, uh, the, she's the barista of the year. At least she used to be. I hope she's still. I, I she, she's our barista forever. Uh, Lisa, it's good to see you. Uh, it's good to see you. Anna, Jessica, great to see you. Um, guys, we're going to get ready to, to, to take questions. So if you do have uh, questions for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put those in. Uh, we will be going through those here in a second. We got one more here. All right. Are you seeing female patients that are experiencing more intense menstrual cycles after getting the COVID vaccine? 
I'm here. I'm hearing of this more and more curious if you are as well. Why is this happening if it is happening? I think it is happening some. I have a few people that have told me that. It sent a few people into full-blown menopause, uh, but so can COVID as well. It seems to really mess with your hormones some, somehow. I don't know how or why. I mean, we don't know a lot about this virus, to be honest with you. You know, it's, it's something that's completely probably outside of nature, so we've never seen anything like this. So I know it messes your immune system up and your hormones are tied into your immune system. So, and female hormones are complex as it is. You know, there's a cycle of the hormones every month and it's certainly playing havoc with a lot of women's hormones. I can tell you that right now. Why and exactly how or if, if you'll be affected or not, I can't say. Um, but um, so the best thing you can do is, is uh you know, boost your immune system by taking your vitamins. And um, certainly there's a lot of evidence if you're on bioidentical hormones, male or female, um, that your immune system is in better shape and you seem to be able to fight uh, viruses off, especially the COVID virus, that so much is unknown about this thing. But uh, so great question. Have you seen anybody that uh, you're treating with hormone therapy? Um, they come down with COVID, have you had to change up their treatment any, um, because of what it's doing, uh, to their hormones? No, no, okay. just definitely keep them on their hormones. If you're on your hormones, you're going to be able to fight stuff off better for sure. No, all no. right. Really interesting. Great questions all week. Um, we're going to jump into, uh, the comments here. So go ahead and, and put your question in. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's with us live. Um, we certainly, uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us every every Tuesday evening at around 5.45. Um, and we especially appreciate this guy, uh, Mark. Uh, always comes up with some amazing questions. Um, Mark says, if uh, I read if, if someone is having complications from cholesterol-lowering drugs, i.e. anemia, prescription niacin can be used as a substitute for improving cholesterol levels. Is this true? Is this safe? Yeah, it is. I use niacin all the time for cholesterol. You know, you're, you're talking about complications from statin drugs. Um, I had a patient today I took off a statin drug because her legs were killing her, the muscles in her legs. And besides, then when I checked her cholesterol, her cholesterol level was 108, really way too low. She didn't even really need that statin in the first place. So I took her off of it. Um, she had a good CT calcium scoring, so she never needed it in the first place. But for people that that do need something to bring down the cholesterol, I'm worried about them. Again, if they have a lot of risk factors, uh, then I do use niacin, which is vitamin B3. It works really well. And I like it because it not only lowers your LDL, the bad cholesterol, but it raises your HDL, the good cholesterol. The problem with niacin is it's safe um, and it does work but it causes a lot of people to flush. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, just incredible flushing to where you take your first pill and you'll feel like you need to go to the emergency room because your whole body's on fire. Now, usually when that happens, you've used too high a dose. You can get it over the counter. You don't even need a prescription for it. There is a prescription, nice band, but I prefer starting out very low doses 
and I have to order these specifically, 100 milligrams. You can get it over the counter in 500 milligrams, but that's going to flush you guaranteed every time. And by the way, don't buy the non-flush. It doesn't work to lower cholesterol. It does have other uses, niacinamide. But um, so, yeah, the way I like to do it is start at 100 milligrams at night with a, a 81 milligram aspirin and sometimes a little bit of applesauce. And if it does flush you a little bit, you'll sleep through it. And then every four nights, you increase your dose by 100 milligram until you get to close to 1,000. Sometimes we go up higher than that. Sometimes I stop. But, um, yeah, I really do like niacin. A lot of good benefits by niacin. Great question. Is that the case with, with any of the B vitamins? Because one of my friends uh, got flushed from, from uh, I want to say, I don't know if it was B12 or not, but they definitely took too much of it. Is Can you flush with any of the Bs? No, B3 is the one that flushes you. If they okay. got a B complex, it was probably the B3, the niacin that flushed them. But you can you can do that within the, the B complex? So you just got to yeah. be, be wary of, of the dose? Yeah, if you get a B complex, you're going to get niacin in there. It's just usually not going to be in a real high dose. Okay. So. Really interesting. Great question there, Mark. Uh, okay, let's go to Motaz here over on YouTube. Um, Motaz says, hey, guys, I would like to ask Dr. Raj about his opinion on DHEA. Dihydroepiandosterone. Um, yeah, I like DHEA. It's, it's um, another hormone that you can get over the counter. Um, and it's really, I think of that as an adrenal hormone, mostly manufactured by the adrenal glands. The ovaries put some out too as well, but um, it's it's another hormone that declines as you age, and it seems to be uh, it works great for um, adrenal balance. Like if you're really tired, or your adrenals are kind of fatigued, or it works both ways. If if your cortisol is too high or too low, it's kind of acts like an adrenal adaptogen. It balances it either way. But I check a lot of DHEA levels. Um, you got to be careful with the doses um, because um, it can cause some symptoms like hair loss if you take too much of it. Um, in women, it is a good precursor to testosterone. It'll bump up your T levels. In women, doesn't seem to affect men that much enough to notice. But um, you know, I check a lot of DHEA S levels to see where you're at. That's the best way to determine it. But in men, like I take 25 milligrams of it. A lot of men take 50. Um, in women, I don't like to go much over 15 milligrams. Um, and women usually require a little bit more of it. But you, if you go over that, sometimes you get a lot of hair loss with it. Um, and they seem to utilize it better than men. So the best way to do it is check your levels. And certainly if you have some cortisol imbalances, that's something to look at. Uh because it does tend to balance your your cortisol levels out a little bit. It's one of those four hormones that women need. Uh, but certainly, a lot of men take it too. Is there any other supplements you recommend for for people that are that are on hormone therapy that that helps hormone balance? Because um, I, I know you're putting a lot of people on DHEA uh, within your hormone program. Is there any others that you that you recommend? It just depends, you know, on the levels. Like on a lot of times, I'll recommend broccoli extract, DIM. This depends on if you're converting your testosterone to, to estradiol. Um, 
um, and how your cortisol balance is. It all it's kind of works out together. You need to look at all of them. So, um, but certainly the cruciferous vegetables can sometimes help. You got to be careful with those if you have a thyroid problem though too. So, um, it, it is a little uh, bit of a dance. Um, where you, you, you have to, to kind of be careful. And if, if any of you guys are, are interested in what, what Dr. Rogers takes personally, we, we, we just posted um, on our website a, a full list of what, of what he's taking. And D, the reason I say that is because DHEA, DHEA is on there. Um, that's on our website. We'll have somebody post, um, post that link uh, in the comments here uh, so you guys can check out that full list. Um, okay, let's see here. Um, Anna, we're glad that the COVID vitamin package, uh, was helpful. Um, let's see, Lisa has a question about, it seems to hormones and weight gain. Um, and this is a a very common question. You know, if you have hormones that could be off, could that cause weight gain? What's your, what's your take on that doc? Um, yeah, if you don't get them balanced, they can certainly cause weight gain. If you get too much progesterone in women, it can cause weight gain. That's the one thing I look at. If a woman's gaining weight and she's on hormones, you know, but usually progesterone will help you lose weight if you get the right dose. It all has to do with that estrogen to progesterone ratio that you, you're looking at. Um, so you look at the balance of those hormones. Testosterone can certainly um, cause increase in muscle, which you want, which burns fat. So when you get on testosterone, you may not lose weight. You may gain a little bit of weight, but your body will change shape because you're getting more muscular and burning abdominal fat. So uh, certainly can go either way. Great question. Yeah, you need to look at that. Did you say um, estrogen to progesterone ratio? Yeah. And that, that just for, for the people with us live, that's something that um, I hear, I hear you talking a lot about um, what, what's the ratio you're after again? Usually somewhere to eight to 10 to one. Okay. E to P, E to P. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Terry, uh, we're, we're glad you're here. Uh, thank you for, for watching and, and being here each week. Uh, that means a lot to us. Um, Barbara, we got a great question. Um, how often are you supposed to get hormone pellets? Um, average about for females every four months. A lot of times with the male pellets, it last about five to six months. You know, I check labs. I go by symptoms. I never treat labs. I always treat symptoms, but I need labs to kind of look at look at them and see where they're at. But um, it's a good question. Average female, four months. Four months. Is there a reason some why sooner, some later? Is there any reason why some people um, go through them a little quicker? Is it just is a metabolism? Thing? Yeah, yeah, um, it is. It's your metabolic rate. Um, if you're really lean, muscular, and you work out all the time, you may burn through them up quicker. Okay. Uh, than somebody who has a lowered metabolism. All right. Thank you for that question, Barbara. Uh, Carla has a question here about niacin. Um, I take 100 milligrams, and sometimes it flushes me, mainly if I take before eating. If I flush with it, do I need to go off for a while? That's something we touched on on a little bit. Why don't you go ahead and and answer that one, Doc? Um, Yeah, 100 milligrams is a low dose. I would suggest taking it at night with your 81 milligram aspirin and maybe a little bit of applesauce. Uh, I don't know why that helps, but it seems to and then work your way up a little bit. But some people, there's a few people that can't tolerate it at all. Um, I've seen that. Um, again, you can get the non-flush, 
it's not going to help uh, cholesterol for sure. Um, but niacinamide, which is a non-flush form of vitamin B3, has some other good anti-aging properties. So, um, great question. So niacinamide would be the alternative um, for people who, who can't tolerate the, the niacin? No, because it's not going to lower your niacinamide is not going to lower your cholesterol. If you're lowering, if you're using it to lower your cholesterol, non-flush or niacinamide is not going to help that. Okay. So, um, but it won't cause flushing for sure. But I would say try it with an aspirin. Um, take it at night. Sleep through it if you can. And uh, usually you get kind of used to it anyway, and it stops flushing you so much. Try it with an aspirin or with applesauce. Both. Both. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Carla. All right. Let's get Edna in here. Uh, Edna asks, do you think that dry needling would help with neuropathy in the feet? I like dry needling. Ernie Dixon does it here at our office in his PT clinic. Um, Yeah, it's worth a try. You know, it certainly is. There's a lot of other things Ernie looks at with neuropathies. Of course, Diabetes is the most common form of neuropathy that you get in your feet. So good diabetic control. Um, sometimes we have to use medications um, like Neurontin, Lyrica, things like that. Um, sometimes vitamin B6 helps a little bit with that. Um, so, but dry needling is worth a shot. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody knows exactly why it works for that. But sometimes even these uh, electrical stimulation things work for it too. And certainly when Ernie dry needles, a lot of times they run current through it. So um, that's a good, if you have that, check with Ernie and see if he can try it on you. We actually, we've been getting quite a few dry needling questions. Um, We need to um, put out a a few more pieces of content on dry needling. So thank you for that. Um, and it looks like we're, we're out of questions, guys. If you don't have any more questions, um, we are going to sign off for the week. Um, while I have you guys here, we're going to be doing a diabetes Q&A. So if anybody, um, if anybody knows people with diabetes or has diabetes themselves, uh, whether that's you know, pre-diabetes or type 2 or type 1, um, Andy Rogers, my brother, um, and I do a, do a Q and a show, show very similar in this format. Uh, we do that every Wednesday at 545. It's not going to be tomorrow, but it's going to be the following week, uh, Wednesday. We're going to be doing that on a weekly basis. And I'm super excited about that. Um, looks like Mike has one more question. Uh, hello, Mike. Hope you're feeling better, man. Um, any tips for COVID long haulers? Any, <laughs> any, any quick tips? Uh, yeah, um, get get some blood work done uh, just to make sure it hasn't thrown your liver or kidneys off or caused you to be anemic or, you know, with a suppressed white blood cell count. Um, certainly continue taking all your vitamins. Um, you need to rest. A lot of it depends on the symptoms you're having, but, you know, headache, fatigue, shortness of breath. Sometimes I'll do a, a, a chest X-ray to look at your lung function, keep an eye on your O2 sats. Sometimes I have to use bronchodilators. Um, uh, but certainly there's a lot of long haulers out there. Um, some estimates, one out of four. But mm. uh, make sure your hormones are good. Uh, you know, it might be a good time to get a, 
another Cleveland heart panel to look at all your vitamin levels and inflammatory markers and things like that. Um, sometimes it just takes a while to get over it. You know, tincture of time, they call it. So, uh, but yeah, any problems, don't hesitate to come in and get some blood work. And Mike, we're, we're working on a, uh, on a uh, piece of content for that. I know dad's putting together uh, quite a few uh, pieces of information, research and stuff like that, that we're going to try to, because a lot of people are um, asking about that. So we will. Another thing, another thing, Mike, excuse me, is to really eat clean. Mm. Um, I've had people get better in two days if they cut out all sugars and processed foods. So um, even try maybe a plant-based diet for a week or two, but no processed foods and no sugar. Keep inflammatory agents out of your diet like dairy and gluten, wheat. Um, that, that's really interesting. Like that. We actually had somebody uh, on the show who said that um, they they cut out sugars and uh, and felt better within within days. Um, stress too. Try, try to de-stress if you can. Mm-hmm. You know, stress and sugar are terrible. Yeah. So um, keep that in mind, Mike. So, uh, Mike, hope you hope you feel better. Uh, let us know how we can help, man. Um, guys, thank you so much. Um, this has been a, a blast as always. Uh, this is our, uh, one of our, our favorite things to do each week. I get to hang out with Dr. Rogers. Uh, we get to do it with all you guys. Um, so thank you for all the questions. Again, if you want your question, um, submitted during the week, um, where it's, uh, at the top of the show, um, go ahead and, uh, you can email that to us. It's info at performancemedicine.net. We try to get all those questions. Uh, sometimes I do miss them. So, uh, in the subject line, just put live Q and a or, uh, question for Dr. Rogers, uh, will work as well. Uh, so go ahead and do that. We, we really appreciate the questions. It, it's not only helpful to the person asking, but I, I think it's helpful to the people that are, are listening to, to this either on the podcast or with this live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we love each and every one of you. Hope everybody here has a happy and healthy week. Um, stay tuned next week for the diabetes Q&A. Uh, also, Tuesday, Dr. Rogers and I will be back for our regular Q&A show. Dr. Rogers, I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Have a good week. All right. See you guys. Love y'all. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.